From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man who brings you the info, the uber, snazzy, and jazzy, Mr. Kason Dutania! Thank you, Jason Kelly. Good evening and welcome to this edition of the Queen's New Yorker. It's episode two, folks. Right on. We got a lot to cover in this half hour of our second episode of this series. And we're going to bring it to you today on Wednesday, January 17, 2018. Got a lot to cover. So let's delve right in. Welcome aboard. Your trip through Queens. All right. Music provided by Nick Jones, Mr. Instrumentalist. She's my pumpkin pie. All right. Well, it is great to be back with you for another week of the Queens New Yorker. I hope you're having a gorgeous uh, 2018 in the new year. A little bit cold down here in uh, Central Florida. It's going to get down to about 36 degrees. We've been through cold snaps before, folks, but, you know, in the long run, we still make up for it with a lot of hot weather towards the middle part of the year. And then, of course, we cool down. We we warm up. We cool down, up and down with the temperatures. Of course, that makes everybody get a little bit uh, sick and under the weather because of the dramatic drops and rises in temperature. But right now, we're going to warm you up with some great information we're going to pick up where we left off, uh, which is with the climate. And just before we went on the air, I just started posting some of the pictures that I was telling you was going to tell you about. And um, so that actually can work out pretty good. And I have one more picture to post up, so I'll get that one up. And, and that'll be all on the course in the group page. All the information for our series comes mo mainly from the Wikipedia, your free encyclopedia. Always remember that. And, of course, any other articles that we deem necessary to fit in with our uh, neighborhoods, neighboring cities, and all queens all the time. Okay? So, climate. So under the Koppen climate classification using the 32 degree Fahrenheit, zero degrees Celsius, coldest month by far is January. Did you not know that? Isotherm. Queens and the rest of New York City have a humid subtropical climate with partial shielding from the Appalachian Mountains and moderating influences from the Atlantic Ocean. Queens receives plentiful per precipitation all year round with about 44.8 inches yearly. Extremes range from 107 degrees Fahrenheit to minus three. <laughs> Winters are relatively mild compared to other areas of New York State. And though snow is common and blizzards occur about every four to six years, springs are unpredictable and can be chilly to very warm. Summers are hot, humid and wet, and autumn is similar to spring while snowfall generally begins in December. 
and that's usually in the about the 18 years that I was in Queens. Yeah, January was usually the coldest month, and most of the time the snow would arrive between January and February. So now, here are the neighborhoods of Queens. Four United States Postal Service postal zones serve Queens. Based roughly on those serving the towns in existence at the consolidation of the five boroughs into New York City. Long Island City, zip code starting with 111, Jamaica, 114, Flushing, 113, and Far Rockaway, 116. And in addition, the Floral Park Post Office, 110, based in Nassau County, serves a small part of northeastern Queens. Now, each of these main post offices have neighborhood stations with individual zip codes, and unlike the other boroughs, these station names are often used in addressing letters. These zip codes do not always reflect traditional neighborhood names and boundaries, like East Elmhurst, for example, was largely coined by the United States Postal Service and is not an official community. Most neighborhoods have no solid boundaries, and the Forest Hills and Rigo Park neighborhoods, for instance, overlap. Now, residents of Queens often closely identify with their neighborhood rather than with the borough or the city. The borough is a patchwork of dozens of unique neighborhoods, each with its own distinct identity. Flushing, one of the largest neighborhoods in Queens, has a large and growing Asian community. The community consists of Chinese, Koreans, and South Asians, and Asians have now expanded eastward along the northern boulevard axis through Murray Hill, Whitestone, Bayside, Douglaston, Little Neck, and eventually into adjacent Nassau County. Now, these neighborhoods historically contained Italian-Americans and Greeks, as well as Latino-Americans. Howard Beach, Whitestone, and Middle Village are home to large Italian-American populations. Ozone Park and South Ozone Park have large Italian, Hispanic, and Guyanese populations. Rockaway Beach has a large Irish-American population. Astoria in the Northwest is traditionally home to one of the largest Greek populations outside Greece, it also has large Spanish-American, Albanian, Bosnian, and Italian-American, and is also home to a growing population of Arabs, South Asians, and young professionals from Manhattan, nearby Long Island City, is a major commercial center, and the home to Queensbridge, the largest housing project in North America. Maspeth and Ridgewood are home to many Eastern European immigrants, such as Romanian, Polish, Albanian, and other Slavic populations. And Ridgewood also has a large Hispanic population as well. Jackson Heights, Elmhurst, East Elmhurst make up a conglomeration of Hispanic, Asian, Tibetan, and South Asian communities. Woodside is home to a large Filipino-American community and has a little Manila Manilia, as well as a large Irish-American population. And there's also a large presence of Filipino-Americans in Queens Village and in Hollis. Richmond Hill in the south is often thought of as Little Guyana for its large Guyanese community. Rigo Park, Forest Hills, Kew Gardens, and Kew Gardens Hills have traditionally large Jewish populations, historically from Germany and Eastern Europe. And the most recent immigrants are from Israel, Iran, and the former Soviet Union. These neighborhoods are also known for large and growing Asian communities, mainly immigrants from China. Jamaica Estates, Jamaica Hills, Hillcrest, Hillcrest, Fresh Meadows, and Hollis Hills are also populated with many people of Jewish background. Many Asian families reside in parts of Fresh Meadows as well. 
Jamaica is home to large African-American and Caribbean populations, and there are also middle-class African-American and Caribbean neighborhoods such as St. Albans, Queens Village, Cambria Heights, Springfield Gardens, Rosedale, Laurelton, and Briarwood along East and Southeast Queens. Belrose and Floral Park, originally home to many Irish-Americans, is home to a growing South Asian population, predominantly Indian-Americans. And Corona and Corona Heights, once considered the Little Italy of Queens, was a predominantly Italian community with a strong African-American community in the northern portion of Corona and adjacent East Elmhurst. From the 1920s through the 60s, Corona remained a close-knit neighborhood, and Corona today has the highest concentration of Latinos of any Queens neighborhood, with an increasing Chinese-American population located between Elmhurst and Flushing. Since 2010, the population of Queens was estimated by the United States Census Bureau to have increased 4.9% to 2,339,150 as of 2015. Now, Queens' estimated population represented 27.4% of New York City's population of 8,550,405, or 29.8% of Long Island's population of 7,838,000, 722 and 11.8% of New York's state population of 19,795,791. All those numbers, wow, they sure do add up. So as we look forward to all of this, you could look at the median income, uh, the ethnic groups. We've already pretty much broken it down. The culture. Uh, Queens has been the center of a, of a major artistic movement in the form of punk rock with the Ramones originating out of Forest Hills. It has also been the home of such notable artists as Tony Bennett, Francis Ford Coppola, Paul Simon, and, and Robert Mablethorpe. The current poet laureate of Queens is Paulo Javier. Queens has notably fostered uh, African-American culture with establishments such as the African Poetry Theater, Theater and the Black Spectrum Theater Company catering specifically to African-Americans in Queens. In the 40s, Queens was an important center of jazz, such jazz luminaries as Louis Armstrong, Charlie Parker, and Ella Fitzgerald took up residence in Queens, seeking refuge from the segregation they found elsewhere in New York. Additionally, many notable hip-hop acts hail from Queens, including Naz, Run DMC, Cool G Rap, and the a tribe called Quest, Hello, Cool J, Mob Deep, 50 Cent, Nicki Minaj, and Hems of Das Racist. Now, Queens hosts various museums and cultural institutions that serve its diverse communities. They range from the historical, such as the John Bone House, or the Bone House, or the Bone House, to the scientific, such as the New York's Hall of Science from conventional art galleries such as the Naguchi Museum to unique graffiti exhibits such as Five Points. Queen's cultural institutions include, but are not limited to Five Points, the African Poetry Theater, King Manor, MoMA PS1, Museum of the Moving Image, uh, let's see, Sculpture Center, Hindu Temple Society, Jamaica Center for Arts and Learning, and the Jamaica Performing Arts Center. The travel magazine Lonely Planet also named Queens the top destination in the country for 2015 for its cultural and culinary diversity. 
There are 138 languages spoken in the borough. It's a lot when you've got a mixed melting pot. The cuisine available in Queens reflects its vast cultural diversity. We will break that down. Yum, yum, yum. The cuisine of a particular neighborhood often represents its demographics. For example, Astoria hosts many Greek restaurants in keeping with its traditionally Greek population. And Jackson Heights is known for its prominent Indian cuisine and also many Latin American eateries. The economy, well, it's a mix. It's pretty much low to high middle class, and each area of the neighborhoods pretty much break it down. In your sports, you've got City Field and the U.S. Tennis Open. The New York Mets play Major League Baseball there. Um, the New York Yankees also played there for a little bit until their building was built. The U.S. Tennis Open tournament has been played since 1978 at the USTA Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, which is located just south of City Field, also known as Flushing Meadows Park also. Transportation, according to the 2010 census, 36% of all Queens households did not own a car, and the citywide rate is 53%, therefore mass transit is also used. Airports, John F. Kennedy, LaGuardia, you, mo- you mainly know that. Public transportation, New York City routes, uh, serving 81 stations on seven main lines. The A, G, J, and Z, the M routes, uh, connect Queens to Brooklyn without going through Manhattan first. The FMNR and W trains connect Queens and Brooklyn via Manhattan, while the E and uh, 7 trains connect Queens to Manhattan only. You have the Long Island Railroad, Grand Central Parkway. (laughs) Uh, There's a New York water taxi one year-round scheduled uh, ferry service connects Queens and Manhattan. It operates service across the East River from Hunters Point, something new that I haven't seen. Well, you got to remember, folks, I left in 95. So things of that nature have just started picking up. And believe it or not, it's really helped. Highways, Long Island Expressway, Queens Midtown Tunnel, Northern State Parkway, Triborough Bridge, Aqueduct Racetrack, Southern State Parkway, all familiar expressways. Streets, bridges and tunnels. You've got your elementary schools, education, Queens Library, notable people, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Oh, great stuff, folks. That's that's the pretty much the Queens Wikipedia in a nutshell. So hope you enjoyed that little segment there. And, of course, like I said, you could follow along. I didn't want to get into too much detail because if we broke it down all the way, then it wouldn't be pretty boring to the point of, you know, looking at that particular uh, specific culture if we were, or to- subtopic if we wanted to bring it down or take it down to a further uh, level. With about 15 minutes left, let's look at some articles in Queens. And uh, let's see, articles related to Queens, uh, travel, leisure... Oh, from the Daily News. Let's see. Queen's businessman dies after loan sharks goons shoot him in his office over unpaid debt. Whoa. Uh, This is by Aaron Showalter, Ross Keith, and Thomas Tracy. New York Daily News updated Friday, October 27, 2017. 
A Queens businessman who was shot inside his office over an unpaid loan has died, police said Friday, and a gang of three killers dressed in suits burst into Garden Valley Distribution, which is a deli products wholesaler on 101st Avenue near 99th Street in Ozone Park about 10.15 a.m. Monday, according to cops. One of the men shot 64-year-old Hani Kasem in the head. The brooders also pistol-whipped Kasem's 32-year-old son, leaving him with bruises and cuts to his face and head. Kasem's family took him off life support at Jamaica Hospital Tuesday after doctors told them he had no hope of recovery, according to sources. Authorities did not divulge his death until Friday. Police believe that a loan shark had given Kaysom $50,000 to open his business. Now, Kaysom was making monthly repayments of $300, but about six months ago, the lender changed his terms and demanded the rest of the money be repaid immediately. The gunman and his accomplices had been dispatched to collect the payment. Kaysom was shot after he told the Tufts he would only deal directly with the lender. We want the money, the trio had demanded before shooting Kaysom. Two other workers were at the store, but were not hurt. The trio drove off from the killing in a black Nissan, but left behind a hat and a 9mm magazine. Grieving family members gathered together early Friday afternoon at the man's Jamaica Hills home. These criminals took a very good person, said one man who identified himself as Kasem's brother-in-law. Of course, when you have a father, a brother, a son, and a cousin that's lost, it's painful. Kasem, who's a Palestinian who immigrated to the U.S. when he was young, spent roughly four decades running grocery stores and delis, according to the brother-in-law. The businessman worked hard to provide for his robust family, including his two sons, eight daughters, and multiple grandchildren, the brother-in-law said. You should have seen his funeral Thursday, he added, explaining that nearly 400 people had come to pay their respects. No arrests have been made in the slaying. Family members declined to comment on the specifics around Kasem's death, but said that they are confident that detectives can bring them closure. We're going to leave it to New York's finest, said the brother-in-law. They've been doing a great job, and we trust that they will do all they can. Great article. Daily News. Let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, this goes back to 2014. 700-foot tower is proposed for Queens by C.J. Hughes, November 14th of, oh, I'm sorry, of of last year. Uh, Among the city's waterways, Annabelle Basin is not particularly grand or historic, and it is a 1,000-foot artificial inlet cut into an industrial section along the East River in Long Island City, Queens. But as much of New York's once industrial waterfront has been transformed into pricey residential housing, the family that owns most of the land along the basin sees it as rich in possibilities for development, and it is proposing to replace its ho-hum warehouses with a $3 billion project, including an apartment tower that would rise about 700 feet or 70 stories, making it taller than any existing building, not only in Queens, but in all of the boroughs outside Manhattan. I think people will come out and say that's too much, says Diane Hendry, who's a spokeswoman for the LIC Coalition. It's a nonprofit that formed last year to fight overdevelopment in the neighborhood. 50-year-old Miss Hendry, she's a 29-year resident of the area and an artist, calls the family members from uh, Plaxall Reality, or Realty, the company behind the plan, fabulous. And But that doesn't mean... 
They should have the biggest grant set development, she added. The plan would require a massive rezoning of the area to allow for apartments and taller buildings. And on Tuesday, it was poised to take its first step closer to reality when the Department of City Planning was expected to release the first public details of the project and while also announcing the first hearing for public comment in December. Plaxall was founded in 1938 by an engineer named Lewis Fall after he relocated from the Midwest in order to design elevator cabs. Three of Mr. Fall's grandchildren, the cousin, Paul Kirby, he's 51, a former fashion executive, Matthew Quigley, he's 52, he's a lawyer, and Tony Fall, 41, a lawyer who spent some of his time in Dubai, uh, Dubai, Dubake, uh, 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 Iowa, managing properties in the city where Mr. Fall grew up. He acknowledged that the project's tallest tower, which would surpass the Citigroup building, Queens, most recognizable skyscraper, will be controversial. But they say the city's mandatory inclusionary housing program which requires developers to create a certain percentage of affordable housing, mandates that a quarter of the 5,000 proposed condominiums and rental units be offered at below market prices. And if they can't fetch top dollar for a large batch of apartments, they say they will have to make up the money with luxury apartments on upper floors with sweeping city views. The tower and other planned buildings would be a unique opportunity to really make a skyline for Long Island City, Mrs. Kirby said. The development would also include 3.1 acres of public space banked to protect against flooding, as well as barges with cafes and kayak docks. The rezoning process for the mixed-use project, which would also add commercial spaces for lighting manufacturing, shops, and daycare providers, plus a public school on a different site, could eat up most of 2018, said Jonathan Drescher a former executive with the Durst organization, whom Plaxall hired to manage the process. At the site near Vernon Boulevard, Plaxall currently controls 13 acres, or about five city blocks, where all the buildings would be raised. The other two acres are owned by a handful of landlords who are expected to either redevelop their land or sell their property once the rezoning is complete. And Plaxall has proposed 4,995 apartments, as well as uh, 335,000 square feet of manufacturing space, which could be leased to tenants like furniture fabricators, breweries, or bakeries. And tenants, including people who work at these businesses, would live upstairs, according to the plan. The project is similar to the two-towered complex planned around the corner on city-owned land on 44th Drive that will have 1,000 apartments and 100,000 square feet of light manufacturing space from a team led by the firm TF Cornerstone. One of its towers would clock in at 650 feet. But eliminating industrial activities in a city where manufacturing zones are shrinking quickly has not always gone over well. And with that, I will pause because we're running out of time. So if you'd like to continue this, we'll post a link to the New York Times article called The 700-Foot Tower is Proposed for Queens. Great articles indeed on this edition of the Queens New Yorker for episode number two. Uh, next time on the show, episode three, we're going to look at the neighboring cities. That's right, folks. We start a long trek journey through the neighboring cities, and it all starts off with Astoria and the big, huge history that goes with Astoria, Queens. Oh, that's going to be interesting in its own right. So 
Hope you will enjoy that. And as I said before, take care of yourself. Have a good day. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio online presentation. Thank you for your support. Thank you.